Hello there, my name is Terry and welcome to the very first episode of the Animation Industry Podcast of 2020. If you Google top animation schools in the world, Sheridan College often comes up very highly and sometimes first, and that's where I am right now. And so if you're a follower of this podcast, you've likely heard a lot about what it's like here. However, another school that frequents the top of the list is Cal Arts or the California Institute of the Arts, a school with a super rich history in animation because Walt Disney helped set up the program to train his first animators there. And honestly, I didn't know too much about it until this chat. And that is because I'm talking to a fourth year student who's near the end of his degree at Cal Arts. And his name is Joseph Carwall. And what's more is that he also participated in the exchange program there and had the opportunity to study at Gobelin L'Ecole de la Mage for a term, where he worked on the film Blind Eye, which was released last fall. And it's got a lot of attention and garnered nearly 1 million views. So today, Joseph is going to share exactly how he got into one of the most sought after schools for animation, what each year is like, and how well it's prepared him for a career in the real world. But first, I have a sponsored message to share with you, and it comes from my friends over at Bloop Animation, which is an animation learning platform packed with premium online video courses for aspiring animation filmmakers. So they have courses for all major animation programs like Maya, Animate CC, Toon Boom, Blender, TV Paint, and many others, as well as some non-software courses like a storyboarding course, animation foundations course, and even one about making graphic novels, which covers absolutely everything you need to know from start to finish. And their courses are all in video form, so there's no deadlines or application process. You simply just pick a course and start learning in seconds. They even offer a free ebook titled Making an Animated Short, which covers their entire process step-by-step step, of how they made one of their films from coming up with the idea to storyboarding, animation, and all the way to exporting the film. And you can get that book for free at bloopanimation.com slash animation industry. And you can check out their complete course library at bloopanimation.com slash courses. And both those links are in the description of this podcast. So please check them out. Now back to today's episode. Like I said, we're gonna chat all about what it's like at CalArts. So if you're a new student there or thinking of applying, we'll cover how to make your portfolio, what the workload is like, and how CalArts can help you get a job. So without further ado, let's dive right into the chat. So hi, Joey. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How are you? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Just busy. How are you doing? Just doing okay. I'm, I'm yep. okay. <laughs> doing pretty okay. It's the best accomplishment um, we can ask for right now. Yeah, so I always like to kind of start off these chats by just kind of giving some context of like who you are and your journey. So like, what was that dream that little Joey had that uh, pushed him to become what Joey is today? <laughs> I, little Joey never had that dream. Little Joey was not a clever child and never even thought that animation was like a thing. Little Joey thought that animation was people in costumes and then running it through some weird. Yeah, I was not. Wait, what? I was you not. Thought, you thought cartoons were people in costumes? I was never a smart child. Uh, let's just start this chat off with that one, shall we? Uh, no, yeah, I didn't even know animation was a thing till like probably late high school. Really, after I graduated high school. Wait, but uh, st so stop. You've seen cartoons before. Yep, I loved cartoons uh, as a kid. So where did you think they came from? Didn't think about it. Okay. <laughs> Didn't question it. It was uh, not my proudest moment, but yeah, it was later on in life. I was like, oh, wow, they they draw those like frame by frame. I like drawing. That'd be that'd be great. So you had this you had this revelation in high school. Like more 
after high school, if we're being frank. It was like after I graduated high school, I was in some community colleges and um, I would draw with like buddies I made online. And a couple of them were like starting to go into college for animation. I was like, oh, my God, that's that's a thing. Like, that's a thing you can do. You just draw and they pay you for it. Like, and, and I don't know. It was it was kind of a longer process than that. It wasn't like one moment where I was like, this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. It was it was kind of little things like that that added up over time, I guess. So, but why drawing? Like, why not music or like sports or something? Like, why was drawing your thing? Um, I mean, I always drew growing up um, to some degree. Like, I always enjoyed doodling and notebooks. I always enjoyed making characters. They were, who doggy. They were bad anime characters, but they were like, so at least I enjoyed it. Um, music, I've never played an instrument. Nothing. It's, it's just kind of what I enjoyed doing throughout childhood i just never actually realized it could be a career um, okay so so you're you're like in your you're going into your final semester at cal arts by the way congrats um so when did you start taking drawing seriously because cal arts is pretty prestigious to get into um as far as like career wise it was 2014 and i was i think 22 at the time and i'd been to two different community colleges taking like general education classes trying to figure out what it is I really wanted to do in life and again like I knew animation was a thing by this point but I was like huh maybe that sounds good it's either like this or psychology but drawing sounds more fun yeah I had enough credits to, like transfer into a psychology degree for like year two or three um but by that point it was like March so I had started looking at different colleges and being like I've heard of CalArts huh I wonder if their applications are still open. Um, and like I said, it was March, so they weren't open. None of the applications were open except for like Savannah College of Art and Design, which I had applied there, and I got in there. But then I was like, okay, I can either go to SCAD on a scholarship that honestly wasn't great, or I could move down to Los Angeles, go to a community college down here called Santa Monica College for a year or two, and then, like, take the risk of applying to CalArts. And I was like, I've lived in northern Florida, which is just by Georgia, where SCAD is. I don't like living in the south. It's hot and very humid. It's not comfortable. And it's far from, like, everyone I knew. Um, so then that's when I, like, made the choice to sort of take it seriously in that regard of, well, I'm going to take this risk. It's, gotcha. Yeah. So, but why? Okay. So, your friends were taking animation. You thought this was cool. You're like, I can draw and get paid money. It's a little bit more complicated than that. Yeah. But <laughs> why? Why did you choose to go to school as part of your path versus like, um, like 2014? There's a lot of online stuff. You know, if you're gonna move to LA anyways, why not just like network in the scene or like get some internships? Like, why? Why did you decide to go to school? Um. I didn't think I had the self-motivation at the time in my life. So it was, I mean, growing up, I didn't have a whole lot of self-motivation, which kind of feeds into that not being an inquisitive child. Um, but at, at the time, I was like, this is what I can do. And I think that this is the next step for like finding a career that I enjoy doing, finding something that is fun to do and is like, 
uh, engaging and fulfilling, I guess. Um, yeah, there were online courses and such, but I, I just kind of, on a personal level, I didn't think that would be enough to sort of kickstart me into going down this path fully. Um, Do you feel so, that CalArts has given you what you needed in terms of the motivation and, and oh, uh, yeah. stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's, I mean, it's a lot because like I, I grew up in a very middle class sort of life and household. Um, so I went to public high school and, you know, we had two art classes. We had art one and art two, three. Art two, three was one class that you took for three years after art one, if like that's what you wanted to do. Um, and it wasn't like that. It was just very fine arts oriented in a public school. So making that transition to like an actual art school was, ooh, that was something, man. But I was glad because the community college I went to here, Santa Monica College, I took some animation classes there beforehand. And that kind of, uh, it prepared me for it yeah. a bit more and be like, okay, this is what I'm actually going to learn. This is sort of how I'm going to learn it. Um, so it's, I don't know. It, again, it was a lot of little things sort of adding up over time. And like CalArts has definitely had its place in that and it played a very big part, of course. Yeah. Um, so yeah. uh, so I'm at Sheridan right now. I'm going into my second year. And like uh, maybe I'll give you a little bit of a lowdown on kind of how I see how Sheridan works. So like year one, when you get in, it's like here are the fundamentals and the principles that you need to learn. And, and like you, you go through year one and you learn those principles. Year two is like let's master those principles a little bit more and introduce you to like rigging uh, in 2D and like 3D animation as well. And then year three, you work, uh, your big project is working on a group film from start to finish. And then year four, you create your thesis um, film and that's what you graduate with. And also in year three, you have to do an internship. So comparatively, how is CalArts program different or the same or set up, I guess? Um, I'd say it's fairly different, I think, in how it's structured, but similar in maybe very broad strokes. Um, it's... It's tough because I, I know a lot of schools have that sort of year one is maybe more foundational and year two is a bit of a continuation on that, but like applying those principles. Mm -hmm. um, and just in a way, CalArts kind of has that structure, but it's a lot uh, more loose, which is good, but also terrifying in its own right. Like, I think overall the program is more about like finding a voice when mm -hmm. making films and uh through the art that you make and honestly making do with like your ability at that moment. Um, it's not a particularly technical process of like, this is how you draw, this is how you do this or that. This isn't, uh, this is like for, like for figure drawing, for example, it's much more artsy, I suppose, as opposed to how I think a lot of schools teach it. And these are the proportions of the human figure. Um, which feeds into that like looseness of schedule, I guess. Anyway, sorry, getting off so, topic. Well, maybe maybe coming into first year at CalArts, like what what could I expect? Yeah, yeah. So BFA one and BFA two years, um, they're probably the busiest years. Uh, I think my first year I had nine classes first semester and ten classes second semester, which those were all animation classes. Um, and what do you mean all the, like? So, well, sorry, let me just types. stop you. What do you mean all animation? Because at Sheridan, so, we have life drawing, character design, painting, 
like all like all these classes right. and only one is dedicated to animation it's it's changed a little bit since i started but we had off the top of my head 2d animation cg animation a design class another design class which was optional a character design class which was optional um a story class life drawing class um gosh let me see we had another Maya a CG class, which was just general Maya. We had a digital methods class, which was like learning different programs and such. We we had that sort of spread of classes. Yeah. And I think for me, the first and second years, it felt a lot more like we'll throw stuff at the wall and we'll see what sticks individually for students so that everyone can sort of get a taste of what they might want to do later on, um, which feeds into sort of the I think the biggest difference of CalArts versus a lot of other schools is filmmaking here like we make a film every single year that we're here from first through second year each individual student makes an individual film by and large um, there's some limitations especially with time based off of you know uh, who can make what kind of film like first years only have a certain amount of time second years different amount etc while a lot of films like Sheridan do more thesis-oriented or group-oriented uh, filmmaking, which I think it sort of, for here, it takes a very holistic approach, especially first and second year as well, being like, here's all the steps that you sort of need to know to make your student film your individual film. And then through third and fourth year, you can sort of pick and choose classes a little bit more depending on what you want to emphasize for your career, what you want to sort of go more into, whether that's storyboarding or character design or have you. It's, I think the school overall with classes tends to focus a lot more on story and design, um, but the, the options are there. Right? So you make a film every single year. So at Sheridan, like I'm in second year and I already feel pressure for my thesis film because I I'm only going to make one film for myself yeah. in these four years and so already I'm planning out like what do I want in this film what do I want to say I'm like gathering resources of things I think are cool but if you have to make a film every year do you feel that pressure like so much oh yeah oh yeah, yeah? it's terrifying absolutely terrifying oh no oh, yeah it's, I thought you were going to be like, no, it's fine. You know, I got to make one every year. So it's actually like, you know, you make one, you move on. No. I mean, I think you sort of, I personally, anyway, I adopt that mentality immediately after I finish my film and turn it in. And I'm like, it's fine. This is fine. I'm relaxed now. This is enjoyable. But like up until April when they're due, it's like, oh, this is a lot because it's it's. It's film work on top of classwork and homework on top of like personal life on top of whatever work you want to do. So there's there's a lot of stuff sort of going on at any given point. Um, and with how it's structured here, classwork doesn't always translate into film work. So it sort of adds on top of that where it's like, oh, I got about two hours to get five hours worth of stuff done. Let's get her done. Um, and it's. On one hand, it is helpful because it does sort of teach you, I think, to push those limits in yourself and be like, okay, this is how much I can actually get done. This is teaching me how to sort of be efficient with my time. And this is what's needed for this specific thing, whether it's a 2D ball bounce or a film, right? It's 
you don't have to take the ball bounce all the way to color. It's you're making the most out of it. And it's each year for the film, it's it's a little bit different in that like first year you come in and you're like, wow, I'm so excited to be here. This is great. Um, I'm going to make this great big film. And that's that's kind of a trap because like it's you, you have less than two minutes to get to make a film or you have to make a film that's less than two minutes. Um, <laughs> it's starting. Now. Yeah. And then you uh, second year you come in and you're like, I made a film first year. I should probably know what I'm doing. I'm going to make something big and grand. And it's like also a trap. I've, I've heard it called like the second year epic, um, which who doggy, that is a common trap. Let me tell you from experience. Um, but then a- after that, I think it gets a little bit easier. Third year's great because third year, it's you, you have more time. You're not panicking first and second year, but you're not panicking like fourth year where it's like, oh, I'm going to graduate soon. Um, so can you can you share what each of your films have been about or um, what style yeah. you've chosen or something? Just give a, a rundown, quick rundown. I mean, my my first year film was just sort of my experience coming out of after having worked like retail and going to school at community college to like (laughs) support myself in Los Angeles um like sort of the monotony about it and it was very simplistic in its design but that was that was a rough year I had a lot of personal stuff kind of go down where I wasn't sure if I would finish the film but uh then I uh, finished the film in the last like fully animated the film the last week and a half two weeks of the semester before it was due which was a lot i was happy with how it turned out surprisingly enough but then second year i fell into that like trap of oh i want to really push it i want to like prove that i've learned a lot and that turned out so terrible that i don't know if anyone has ever actually seen that film since i put it online um but i learned the most from that film absolutely the most from so any. success yeah in its own way in its own nobody way. can see it <laughs> exactly password protected yeah i who doggy that's that's a rough one learned a lot though third year okay. i didn't finish a film because i went on exchange and worked on uh blind eye which was wonderful like working on a group film very different but like wonderful working with other people and then this year it's kind of intimidating because it is my final year and all but I'm making a sad dog film, which I'm actually really happy about making, uh, weirdly yes. enough. So it's great. It's wonderful. <laughs> well, you showed me a preview, and I, I had to call over my dog to give him a hug. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so maybe maybe let's talk about the differences. I want to talk about how you got to work on Blind Eye, which is really cool, because that's uh, that's the film that like Goblin put out, and it's received, like, it's, it's a really great film. It received a lot of attention, too. Oh, um, so maybe before... Actually, why don't you just share how you ended up working on that? Because I didn't know CalArts students could work on films like that. Um, For almost, I think, 20 years now, CalArts and Govlon have had this exchange program between them where um, we pick like two third years from CalArts. We'll go over to Govlon and work on, usually it's the Annecy shorts, but we have the option of like working in different year levels. And I ended up being in the thesis group um after a bit um and then go on sends two students over here so we can sort of get a taste of what it's like for individual versus group films and it was 
it was really nice working on a group film for the first time after having t- done two individual films. Because um, it was, one, like animation is a collaborative effort, I think, for, for most uh, yeah. productions anyway, especially for like big ones, right? Um, and two, it was really cool because as far as individual and group films go, individual films, they're very like freeing and they're very wonderful in that regard like if you're making a film about a dog and you just want to make it about a dragon like eating bonbons all day you can change it it's it's your film right but you don't have that freedom with a group film per se where it has to go through other people as far as student group films go has to go through the sort of group and be filtered um or like tinkered with by others but one I think it can make for strong films in their own regard that way too. It's not as stressful because if you like, if you mess up with an individual film, you messed up and you need to spend however long to fix it, whether that's a couple hours, couple days, couple weeks. Um, while with a group film, it's like if, if there's something that messes up, it goes through the group. So it's not quite as individually stressful, but also everyone can pitch in to help fix it, which is wonderful like it was a great experience it's also a very bonding experience i think with people if you really dig the group and i loved working with my group they're great people um it was did you so in an individual film you like choose all the direction yourself but in the group film like where were you getting that direction from uh we had one director her name was uh isabella licker she was wonderful just funny um but it's still while she was the director per se, the whole group would make sort of the choice together and we would all have a voice in that. Um, it was it was cool because it when I first joined in, I got to sort of work on some of the boards as well and tweak a couple things here and there. So I still felt like I had a hand in like the final product of being like, oh, um, like this specific shot was something I had tweaked or whatnot, and then moving to color script and layout, which because it's a student film, like everyone does have a voice in it because, you know, it's not a film of, oh, you're getting paid to do this, you're getting paid to do that. This is the one thing you do. Because we're students, we all want to have a hand in the final product. We all want it to represent us in some way, which is great. So it's, I, I don't know, the direction... Thankfully, we had a loose hierarchy for the group, but it's still something that allowed for all of us to give our opinions and what we wanted to see, right? So so you worked on the color script and the storyboards? Um, I worked on some of the boards, which that the, the boards, I think there were three or four of us that all sort of ended up winding our boards together to make the final product. And then... Uh, color scripts i did some some layout uh some background painting and then uh like cleaning up animation and coloring and such i didn't i didn't feel comfortable enough like doing actual animation for it like it's kind of intimidating um calorts is an animation school don't get me wrong but i think it teaches more the overarching sort of process of animated filmmaking as opposed to strictly animation itself which every now and then there's two or three people every year level that are like, I want to go into actual animation. Um, that's personally not necessarily me. Uh, so then going to Goblin where it's like, ooh, that's, it does animation. Like it does strictly like 
actual animation very thoroughly, very well. It's like, I am out of my depth here. This is terrifying. So I, I don't know. It was intimidating for me going into that and being like, I'm not sure I can actually animate, but I can do these other things and I can, yeah, I can help there. So you, you kind of mentioned a couple times what you're getting out of Cal Arts. What are the, I guess, main skills that you, you'd say you're coming out of Cal Arts with? Um, a better understanding of story, um, especially, and how that can have an impact on every individual part of the animation process, whether it's design or the actual animation or even like post-production. Um, that's, I think CalArts really stresses storytelling um, as a whole throughout the entire pipeline. And that's not something I had even, I think, a fundamental, well, not not a good, certainly not a good grasp of beforehand. But I, I think I mentioned that they have a lot of story classes here. Like they offer it every single year that you want to. And it's mandatory the first, I think, two years. Mm-hmm. Um, so being in this sort of environment where everyone really does enjoy telling stories and can sort of help each other improve in that aspect is something that I've really taken uh, away from it. And it, as well, on like a personal level, the the community, I mean, you know, we, we, we're in animation programs for however many years with the same people in our year level for that time frame. And it, it does, you get to know people, weirdly enough, right? You get to make friends along the way and you're like, oh, this person is really good at doing this. Like, that. how can I sort of learn from them as well? It's not necessarily just the teachers, but learning from the students. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so it shared in. It, it's also focused on story, but you can like, for instance, if you want a niche focus, you can focus on like two D rigging or three D animation, or you can focus on like background painting and stuff like that. Is that also a Cal Arts, or or is it kind of like a generalist uh, every year? Um, I hesitate to say generalist, but it, to some degree, I think it is because we do the individual films. I think that allows us at least a basic understanding of the different parts of the pipeline where we can be like, oh, I'm, I don't know After Effects as well as other people, but right. I can pick it up if I need to. Right. Like, I have a basic usage of it and I know where to look for questions that I might have or character design or boarding, whatever. I think the school does tend to focus more again on story and design. So that's where most of at least my classmates sort of want to end up going sometimes writing um every now and then again some specific for actual animation but it's i I do think it focuses more on story and design specifically it allows you more choice if you want but i'm not sure how intensely the school will push that so so can i take a guess and say that you want to become like a professional storyboard artist yeah, yeah, that's sort of I think my goal. Um, yeah. It's it's either that or actual like character design too. I kind of I think I came in with more enjoyment of character design, but having been in this very like story focused environment, I'm like storyboarding sounds good. That sounds enjoyable. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so you're going to be graduating next spring. Uh, what role do you think that you're prepared to get into? I guess. Um, 
probably character design or storyboard artist or like, like storyboard like revisionist. A, like uh, at a studio for like TV or like a feature film or something. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, I will take any job that pays my student loans. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to be super picky. Um, I I don't know. I, I enjoy the act of drawing itself, whether that's for TV or feature. Um, yeah. I... Yeah, yeah, and and I got student loans to pay, man. Hey. Yeah, <laughs> college in the U.S. can be very expensive. Oh yes, well, your CalArts is like a full year salary in. Whoop, we freezing here. You have to do an internship in year three or four, um, but like the school helps you out with that, and there's like industry day and stuff like that at CalArts. Are there? I'm assuming there are similar opportunities where like studios come and recruit students. Like what kind of opportunities does the school create specifically yeah. for you to, to jump into the real world? Yeah. Um, I think the the biggest ones are our portfolio day, which I think is like your industry day where we, we yeah. lay out portfolios uh, along these large amounts of tables that they set up in the main gallery. And then a bunch of companies, I think, I think it's sometimes like 40 to 50 different companies will come in. They empty out the main gallery of anybody who's not like a professional and security. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And they just walk around and look at our portfolios, business cards. Oh my gosh. Do people do insane things to get noticed? Not particularly. I've, uh, it's, it's usually pretty, I think everyone sort of keeps it around a certain level of like, this is my portfolio. This is my business card. This is my resume. Every now and then you'll get like some cool props if somebody's doing stop motion or maybe somebody will make stickers or like zines and stuff. But it's I've I've seen crazier stuff. And honestly, I'm kind of glad it's not terribly like crazy because I'd be a lot more stressful than it already is. Um, It's like it's it's a cool day to kind of meet people and talk. but it's it's also stressful in its own right because after the recruiters sort of make their choices, we get these callback sheets and they just put them up on a board and it's like come back at one p.m. and see where your name is and it's like oh oh doggy so everyone crowds around and it's just this massive crowd around this board with like a dozen pieces of paper or something on it with names with that a list of names absolutely terrifying it is. Um, so, so what do people put in their portfolio? Is it just a book with like print-offs of work? Because yeah. like if you want to do storyboards or something, wouldn't it be more effective to have like something playing? Um, sometimes, sometimes it, it, I think it really varies. Um, it's fairly common too to put out like a laptop or something if you have an animatic or animations to show. Um, it's usually pretty standard for us to have an actual like Etoya black portfolio um different sizes depending on what you're doing um but usually i think it's about 20 to 30 if i'm not mistaken pieces of this is my best work this is how i want to present myself professionally right um i don't know even for boards it's often that it's just sort of laid out in rows on like black uh, backgrounds and stuff that they can sort of follow along with. It sounds uh, ridiculously stressful, but from it, like it an employer standard, 
view i would it would be so much fun to just go in and look at everybody's work and like <laughs> openly judge it without them being there <laughs> it's it's scary man it's yeah. oh my gosh I, I, granted i obviously only know the student side of it but like right. first year portfolio day for me went fairly well i got like but you do it every year you, yeah it's not mandatory so people don't have to do it oh my gosh. but like personally it's something that i've wanted to do every year because it's something i sort of wanted to work toward um but my first year i did it i think i got five or six callbacks i think oh, wow. which which i was really happy with and then second year i got like two and had a mild panic attack and immediately getting went to getting worse. Labs after and was like i need to change everything which not something i would recommend to people but it did help throwing it Wait, out so so you got callbacks what does that mean for you you, so it means like whatever company it was, big, medium, small, um, had put your name down on the list of people they wanted to talk to. Um, people that are like, hey, you might be a good fit for our studio at some point. You might look at applying. It's, I will say it's not always the most helpful for getting an actual like internship per se because of the timing of the year. Inter- internship deadlines are usually pretty early on for us comparative to. Yeah. But it's a really good way to sort of meet people and be like, oh, this might be a good like thing to look at down the road, right? That's, uh, okay, so that's so work. strange for me to hear, though, because like you'd think it would be an anticipation of getting internships. Like this is how they select who they want to talk to, but it has nothing to do with that. I think it's, I think ideally it does, but realistically, it's just that the deadlines are so early on for our semester, because a lot of internship deadlines, I think, are like january and february um which that's sort of right when our second semester is beginning so it's kind of for how it's structured for us i think it's a bit awkward at least personally and i maybe the school would look at uh moving the date i'm not sure but either way it's still a good way to get feedback too from certain places where you're like oh i would love to work for this place can i get this feedback what are you looking for Right. So people don't necessarily get picked up. I mean, I'm sure it happens, but it's not it's like it's not like a big thing. Like everybody it, gets hired at the end of the year. Um, it does happen. Uh, it's not like everybody gets hired kind of thing. I think from my understanding, like jobs themselves might be easier to actually go for on portfolio day. Like if you're looking at graduating or dropping out, what have you, because those you know kind of have more varied deadlines of application days um and i i've certainly seen people like get jobs and get internships from it but it's just because of the timing of everything it can be a bit weird right okay okay but yeah that's that's one thing and honestly i don't think it's necessarily even the biggest sort of opportunity that the school does allow um it's there, there's a couple more one being like our open show which is if you make a film and you submit it to the open show it's going to play it's it's an eight to nine hour day of just watching all the student animation films in the main gallery which i've gone first and second year when i was here for it it's long but it's like wow this is crazy seeing like all the work that my classmates have put into this yeah. But it's like it's eight to nine hours of a very uncomfortable white folding chair. It's one of those like bring a pillow. Oh no! Uh, and then from that, 
the faculty will watch that as well and then they'll sort of curate it into another show called the producer's show which has a lot of industry professionals come in as well which is i think it's usually around 20 films or so which that one's a bigger deal um and yeah they like cater it and everything and it's held off campus somewhere fancy um yeah it's it, it, the biggest opportunity though i would say that this will actually does provide though is just the people you meet and sort of the networking aspect of it because that's one of the strongest things about cal arts is like you know it does have a history to it and it's in los angeles i mean we're removed from los angeles i guess technically being in like santa clarita valencia but like we're still near enough to los angeles where a lot of our teachers are working professionals um we have they come in like after they're done at their jobs whether that's at cartoon network or disney or wherever like you're meeting working professionals and you're making friends along the way and knowing them and it's i don't know that's meeting people and sort of the community that you become a part of, I think is one of the stronger aspects, um, yeah, whether that is teachers or again, the people you go to school with that are also going into animation, right? Nice. So you frequently have, I guess, professionals come in and like chat with you guys and like do talks yeah. and stuff. Okay, cool. Yeah. We also, um, on, on top of all that, we usually have like a weekly talk um, for uh, professionals from various aspects of animation coming in whether that's somebody writing for tv or directing a feature or a producer or what have you um, yeah. even like sometimes live action people right um just so we can sort of get a spectrum of oh this is kind of what's going on in the industry right now this is sort of what this person is working on and that sounds really cool maybe that's a direction i want to try or what have you um, yeah, that sounds amazing. That's kind of why this, what this podcast is for me, almost. <laughs> I love that. Just meeting new people, learning. Yeah. Things. yeah. Like learning like every aspect of the animation industry, really. Like, do I, like, what is storyboarding like? What is CalArts like? What is animation director like? Showrunner like? Yeah. Voice acting like? Et cetera. Like, it's, yeah. it's great. So it's, I mean, it's really cool in that regard. Because that, that is also, again, part of the sort of community that you become a part of when you're here is meeting these people and like hearing what they have to say and you know finding out about what they do in something yeah. honestly you might not have known about you might not have known that oh this is how this particular person on this particular show paints backgrounds versus this other show or what have you um yeah. i i don't know it's it's Probably. it's really helpful when it happens sometimes it gets canceled because we're in southern california this last semester we've had a lot of wildfire days but like by and large weekly visits and such so wait so it was shut down because of a wildfire oh yeah not really near the school but like the smoke can be bad and it's like yeah just in case shut down the school oh boy okay yeah. well we have snow days up here so i guess yeah it's just like snow the exact opposite. it's fine <laughs> everything's on fire great yeah always <laughs> terrifying sometimes uh, so it's on all three sides of us <laughs> You've, you've kind of hinted at like the culture a little bit here and there and like the students and learning from them like at Sheridan um, the classes are set up so that you're in the same class with the same 25 people for your entire year and then next year it's switched up with 25 different people mm -hmm. uh, so you like really get to know everybody you like learn off their styles you like share stuff it's like really tight-knit uh, like how many like is it similar at Cal Arts there um, that sounds pretty similar we have 
each year level has a different amount of students that sort of come into the program. Like when I started, I think we had about 40 something people in our year okay. level. Um, but then that's broken up down into like two different sections. Um, so then you're with that 20, 25 people for that whole year. And then next year they sort of shuffle up the sections, right? Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it can vary how many people come in. Like I, some years it's been like 60 people, which is a lot. Um, but it's, I don't know, you don't necessarily stay with the same people because there's also a lot of people that sort of leave CalArts early uh, for one reason or another. Sometimes it's like, oh, they, they found work. Like, they, you know, yeah. that's, they're, they're good, right? Um, I think right now my class size is like 20-something, like total. So it's total people in your year. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Sheridan, uh, there's a hundred and I think there's like about 150 people in second year. Um, wow. and is that I, for specifically animation? Yeah. Just the animation program. Wow, okay. uh, so there's about a, I think there's about a hundred to 150 people in every year. Um, so quite a, quite a few more actually. That's huge. Wow. Yeah. I thought like I think that's, 50 was big. <laughs> well, I come from like, I have a business degree where there were like thousands at the in the first year. And then by the end, there was like 300 people. And I thought that crazy. was like small because you know everybody. Yeah. Um, so you, you've talked about like crazy workload and like, you know, like figuring out your voice and all these things. What is the biggest challenge I think, uh, th sorry, that you think that you face through these four years coming in from like not having direction or motivation, as you said, doing all these films and projects and like meeting people and having all these crazy opportunities like what has been the biggest challenge for you going through this whole experience uh learning like storytelling and filmmaking i mean yeah. i know maybe that sounds vague but like again i i didn't really come from that artistic of a background growing up uh again i thought animation was just people in suits um <laughs> what i i was not a smart child um <laughs> i'm gonna but, remember this and be like yeah i know somebody who uh thought that cartoons were people in suits <laughs> i hey it's a funny story i'll be the first to admit um not, Here's again, your thesis not film my idea. proudest moment in life and long moments in life i guess but whatever um but like learning like the actual art of it and the actual art of storytelling and filmmaking because growing up when i would go to the movies i'd almost just veg out for like two and a half hours and be like i like transformers without actually going too much into the thought process of what what is this film trying to say or what is this film trying to do what went into making this film right like those aren't things i really considered up until recent years and meanwhile like i go to film school i go to fancy art school now it's like this is how a lot of my classmates have always sort of thought about film. Um, so I've always felt like, oh, I got to catch up a little bit. I got to got to got to figure it out. Got to figure out, like, what's going on here, what the thought process is. So it's yeah. I, I don't know. I, I feel like that's a very fundamental thing that's been very hard for me oh, to sure. get but, to. Uh, but like from my point of view, storytelling is extremely hard to learn. Like it's weird how we're naturally as humans, like we're naturally wired there's a book called Wired for Story, which is great. You should read. We're wired for story because that's how we communicate with each other. You know, you're like, oh, guess what happened this morning? And you naturally tell an exciting story. But when you have to make something up, it's like it doesn't make any sense for the other person. Like, it's so hard to learn how to do that. Yeah. But like when you said you just vegged out watching Transformers, I think that's the beauty of 
telling a really good story. The, the viewer doesn't have to do any work. They're just totally enthralled with what's going on. And it's, oh, yeah. it's like yeah. when you know a story isn't good is when you have to start mentally like figuring out what's going on yourself as the viewer and connecting the dots, I guess. Well, I think so. I, I think part of it too is like a, a, taking the viewer on that sort of journey through your yeah. film or through your story, but also having a substance there that they can look at later and be like, oh, wow, there was like so much more here that like it made this great foundation. Like uh, I, I've seen Knives Out. Um, I would strongly recommend it. Like I've seen it twice now. Um, trailer wasn't great. The movie really good like it, it for me it's sort of a movie that takes you on that journey of oh i can really just enjoy this when i'm watching it and have a good time and really get into it but there's also a lot sort of going on there that i yeah. can dissect later right i think um, those are the for me like those are the best films is when i yeah. can't stop thinking about it later and i need to go on like the reddit discussion forum to like figure out what other people are thinking about it. yeah yeah <laughs> Like, you go on, and you're just like, the second post is exactly what you're thinking. I'm like, I knew it. I was right. <laughs> I was right. <laughs> and then somebody else after brings up this one thing that you didn't think of, and you're like, oh, my God, they're right. So good. <laughs> exactly. Well, I want to make stuff like that because that would be super cool. Um, yeah. So one thing we didn't chat about at all is how do you even get into Cal Arts? So I think, you know, you got into Cal Arts on your first try, right? Yeah. Actually, yeah. we didn't even talk about what you were doing beforehand. So you're working in, I, I think you, I recall you saying you're working in retail. Yeah. yeah. And then you reached a, like a moment where you, well, maybe you should just talk about this. I, I mean, I, I, when I first moved down to Los Angeles, um, I, I saved up like $3,000 and I packed up everything I owned into my 1992 Chevy S10 Blazer. With, and I put my little dog in the front seat. And I had a room down here. But I didn't have much else. Like, I didn't have a bed. I slept on thin, like, not even a camping pad, but, like, outdoor furniture pads for two months. And I didn't have any furniture till then. But I was like, okay, I need to find a job. Like, I, so I found a retail job working at Costco. And I worked there for almost two years, which, not great. Didn't really enjoy retail as a whole. Um, but then I also attended Santa Monica College, Um for about that same time frame as a full-time student so i was working uh 30 to 40 hours a day in an electronics department at costco 40 uh, hours a day eh? or sorry a week <laughs> a week, a week. Yeah, yes i've stopped time it's costco is surprisingly good that way um but like 30 to 40 hours a week and then i was a full-time student at smc um and Again, I kind of had a goal of applying to CalArts and trying to get in after a year or two of being in L.A. And I did it after about two years um, of being here. But I think part of that was a, a big part of that was this idea for me of one day I'm going to be 65 years old anyway. Um, one day I'm going to be looking at hopefully retiring and, you know, to so cabin out in the middle of the woods or something and do, do I want to look back on my life and have been like, yes, I made all the safe choices. I uh, did, I checked all the boxes. I was a manager here. I did this or that, whatever. Um, or do I want to look back on my life and be like, damn, 
65 years well spent (laughs) (laughs) it's yeah and you know it's not to say that animation doesn't have hard work in it of course it does like there's so much hard work um it's so difficult but you know it's something i enjoy i think it's something that a lot of people going into it enjoy on some level um and i I wanted to make that change because I wanted to enjoy what I was doing. I saw a lot of people at Costco who they'd worked there for 20 years and, you know, they, they talked about retiring in 10 years as if 10 years was in a week or something. And that's personally not what I wanted for myself. Um, it's, there's nothing wrong with it. That's not what I'm saying, but it's just not what I wanted to do. Right. Um, it's yeah. I mean, it's a tough thing to do one because it's it's a risk like all my loans are on me man that's those are loans i gotta pay back um and it's it's tough because it's not a path that is always available right like you have to work with what you got and there's a lot of luck involved in going down that route um yeah sorry if that got away from the question i love that that's awesome just the luck thing i remember i was at a, a marketing conference yeah. Uh, for my old career. And weirdly enough, they had Mark Hamill uh, speak as one of the like headliners uh, in the okay. main conference. And the one thing I remember he said, because somebody asked him, like, how did you like, what is your advice? Like, how did you end up as Luke Skywalker out of everybody? Like, you got so lucky. And his his piece of advice was, yeah, I got lucky. But like, if you never spin the wheel, you'll never get lucky. So he's yeah. like, many people don't even bother spinning the wheel because luck is so rare. But yeah. he he said like I just keep spinning the wheel over and over and over again because it's bound it's bound to happen at some point. So yeah. I, I like to think about that uh, all the time because it's like what I'm doing now. I'm I feel the same way as you like student loans, like taking big risks, all this stuff. But I've also realized like I'm going to be 65 or 70 or maybe 90 one day, and that's a yeah. marathon. And if I get lucky once yeah. in the next 40 years. That's enough for me versus zero times. So exactly, uh, yeah. That's yeah. I think know, that, I think a lot of people approach uh, something like this as a sprint, like following your your dreams or your passion or something. And they're like, I have to be successful right away, or it's not yeah. worth it. And then you burn out, and you're like, Well, it wasn't for me. And and I think maybe that's the wrong mentality you to have. See a lot of that online too, of like, yeah. How do I do this one thing now? And it's like, Buddy to get started on that is going to take two to three years. Like right. it's, it is, it's definitely, it's, it, you pace yourself through it and you go through those hard times. You go through those ups and downs and you, you just power through if you can. So, um, why did you get into Cal arts on your first try? Um, so this is part of luck. Like, Yes, it takes hard work and it takes spinning the wheel, but I got very lucky too going to SMC. There, I, I met somebody who was an instructor at CalArts. So I, I was able to get feedback on my portfolio uh, from this person. And like, I honestly do not think I would have been able to get in without some sort of feedback. Oh, Because um, sure. it's, that's incredibly helpful for somebody that's sort of is more familiar with the process. Like for me, I had this idea, I think of, Oh, applying to art schools. They want to see this. They want to see that, you know, the maybe construction of the human body, or they want to see that you can draw whatever. Um, 
not necessarily the case for CalArts. Like, it's at least in a different aspect. Like, they yeah. don't really care to see construction in portfolios, or at least not at the time. It, it changes through years, I think, but at the time, they really didn't. Um, and hearing that sort of feedback was incredibly helpful because it gets... It, I, I don't know. It makes it easier to understand and, like, relate to it, I suppose. Um, yeah. Whew. Whew, sorry, it's it, I, it was. I guess I guess I'm wondering like so many people try to get into CalArts or any any animation school every year, and they have very low acceptance rates, right? Yes. So what what was the mentality that you had that enabled you to give them what they wanted? And uh, I think, like you said, feedback is a huge part of that. But also, like you had to be very open to that feedback and like malleable, and also like. I guess put in your best attempt over and over again and stuff. So what was that? What was that drive for you? Where you're like, I have to do this no matter what. <laughs> um, I mean, I have to do this or I have to leave LA. Like okay. that's, that's what I said earlier about like not having the self motivation to say online classes. Um, moving down to Los Angeles, like I didn't know anyone down here, or at least not well at all. Um, and moving down to Los Angeles was sort of me putting my back to the wall and being like, okay, this has to work or I will live like this life of maybe not feeling fulfilled for myself. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think that's kind of for me where the drive went to. And that's not necessarily something I would always recommend because, you know, there's, there's always a high chance of failure with that. Like it's. I, I'm not going to buy a lottery ticket, win the lottery, and be like, everyone should buy lottery tickets. Like, no, that's right. what it is. Um, but, like, that's how I knew myself as far as how I think I could push myself into doing that. So um, you didn't have a plan B, I guess. I, I had a plan B in that I applied to other schools. Like, I applied to Art Center as well, and I got in there. So I would have probably gone there had I not gotten into CalArts. Yeah. Um, but, like, outside of that, not really. Um, it's Which, that that's something I would strongly recommend if ever somebody's, like, wanting to strive to go into CalArts. Like, have some sort of backup school. Like, have something like that. Because, like you said, acceptance rates are low. And a, a lot of the acceptance rates that people see online are for the school as a whole, which is still, like, I think 25%, 20%, something like that. For character animation, it's lower. For character animation, it's single digits um, because so many people apply specifically to this program. So it's being like, oh, I'm only going to apply to this one place. Like, nah, man, look out for yourself. Like, look out for your future and be like, okay, if this doesn't work out, what can I do from there? Um, it's so I, I bought in a lot to being like, okay, this is what I'm going to strive for. But I, I, there was still something I could fall back on in some way or another, right? I like how you said you're not motivated, but then you like pushed yourself to move to a different city, apply to like the most prestigious <laughs> school in the world. It's, that, like, <laughs> no, it's, it's like for me, it's like, OK, if, if you if you have to make a jump, like a leap of faith kind of thing, and you're like, OK, I'm going to count to three and then I'm going to run and I'm going to jump. Like personally, that doesn't work because then when I count to three, I just get in my own head and I'm like, oh, God, what if something goes wrong? What if I do this? What if I do that? What if this doesn't happen? I'm like, okay, I'm going to count to two. 
I'm going to count to two and then just run, but I'm going to tell myself I'm going to count to three. So like I lie to myself. I trick myself because that's what works for me. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if that's the most helpful, but it works for me. Um, I, yeah. I think that's fair. I it's, think that's good. It, and, and I've learned more motivation like over the years. Like you, you, you do need it, right? It's, it's something I, – I think it's definitely a learned skill. It can very much be a learned skill, or at least it is in my case. But it's so, getting there, uh, right? What exactly are in the portfolio requ- portfolio requirements? Because I've heard of like the dreaded like um, sketchbook, and and you mentioned you don't show construction, but what are they? What are the pieces of the portfolio you have to put together? Yeah, um, so that's that one's a big one. That I have a long answer to that. Okay, list it out. Yeah, yeah. I know we're already pushing like fifty minutes here. Oh, Sorry if this one's a long answer. Um, Let's like, do another 50 minutes. Here we go. Ooh, doggy. Put on the hood and get comfy, Terry. Um, <laughs> like, it's it's been a few years since I've done it. So this is, let me disclaim this. Like, this is my experience a couple years ago. And like I said, it does change. Um, <laughs> one example of which, thankfully, I didn't have to do like a video intro at the time. Now they have to do like a video intro when applying. Oh, my And goodness. like, oh, that'd be terrifying for me at that point in my life. Um but yeah, it's, I think the toughest part of the portfolio thing is that it's a group of faculty members looking through each portfolio. So it's not any one person or any like even two or three people. It's, it's various faculty members. So people are giving such different sort of feedback and opinions on, oh, this is what I think of this portfolio. This is what I think of that, which for me, um, I, 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 and I don't know again if I would recommend this, but it's I think it's still a valid strategy of I tried to play the field. I, I tried to be like, oh, I can I can do some construction, but I can also be like artsier and you know, I can try and do some storytelling, like please love me, please accept me, right? Um <laughs> pan- honestly, bit of pandering. Um and it's I think that's an easy miss if you, if it doesn't hit like with everyone. And that was my fear. But like that was the sort of mentality I had coming into that. And as far as like the actual portfolio itself, they really emphasize storytelling. Um, they really emphasize telling a story through your drawings and like telling something personal, especially. Um, they, mm, yeah, yeah. Whether that's boarding or figure drawing, design, what have you, that's a theme they really like to see. So you, you um, have to do some storyboards? Uh, it's, it's not required, no. it's they, okay. they don't line it out like that. Like, I think on their website, they, they have, like, you need observational drawing, you need other creative work, and you need, like, your sketchbook. And those are, like, the three main things, from my understanding. Okay. So at Sheridan, for instance, uh, they give you a very specific requirement. So they're like, do a layout of a park and then do an interior of your bedroom and like do a character design showing construction from like a front degree side, three quarter and back. Like it's very specific. So everybody's creating like the same stuff. So you can almost easily judge who understands things like construction and proportions and weights and yeah. uh, like storytelling on top of what they're already giving you. Definitely not here. Like No, all not. abstract. It's, Just throw some stuff at us and yes. if we like it, you're in. Oh yes, my gosh, I'd, be, I'd, I'd lose my mind. I'd be like, I don't know what to include. 
yeah, I don't know. That's that's why like for me having that feedback was so helpful. That's why like I honestly don't think I would have gotten in had I not had someone who had a better idea than me of like what the school looks for um at least conveying that information to me in some way right um and it's because it's tough i i remember doing sketchbooks and the the sketchbook um which fun fact about sketchbook requirement you don't have to only do one sketchbook you can send in as many as you want i sent in two i kept two sketchbooks i kept one for like okay i'm gonna warm up in the sketchbook i'm gonna like uh, get make sure I can draw, make sure whatever I put out isn't terrible. And then this other sketchbook is for when I'm warmed up, I can put something nice in. But like if I like them both, I can submit them both, right? Yeah. Um, so I ended up submitting both of them, which honestly probably helped. Um, so it's, I, I don't know, there's there's a lot of little hidden things with it where it's like, oh, I can do that? <laughs> collage, collage is a great way to cover up a bad page in a sketchbook. It yeah. is wonderful like concrete little tip there collage helps or like paint over it black and be like it's just i'm gonna take a white gel pen to this now (laughs) it's it's good um but like i I guess as far as the actual requirements go like for life drawing they really like to see what they call observational drawing which is not construction like they they are calarts Character animation at CalArts, I think, is probably the most commercial program of the degrees here. And it's very much more geared toward, like, the, the school as a whole is very much geared toward, like, fine arts and whatnot. Um, and because of that, character animation, too, has those sort of mentalities. So they like to see much more art, artsy sort of life drawing. Okay. Um, I'd almost recommend, like... Don't look at Andrew Loomis or probably not Hogarth or anything quite like that. Um, and look into like Egon Schiel, Lucian Freud, um, of course, like Picasso and stuff. Like people that I think they make almost caricatures of the models, not like a zoo caricature, not not, not like a zoo caricature, but something artsy. Um, yeah, something. Ex- maybe expressive expressive is a good way to put it so how okay so you uh i think this is all good and i'm just wondering so you said you got lucky with being able to get the right kind of feedback on your portfolio yeah. how can somebody who i guess is applying right now or thinking about it how can they find the right kind of feedback on their portfolio one of the things i'd really recommend to anyone applying is like look at recent applications and look at or like specific well Recent applications both accepted and rejected. Um, look at stuff within the last couple years, like last three, maybe four years, because um, I think that can give a good idea of, oh, this is what accepted uh, portfolios are doing now, or this is, oh, this person was rejected. I wonder why, why would that be? Um, I mean, you can look at older ones too, but I think <clears throat> I think every couple of years there's sort of a fad in applications like i remember a while back it was like figure drawings with like a solid block of color behind them and i think a lot of people would do that just because they would see other people doing that and be like oh that's that's what they're looking for and it's that's kind of again a trap um it's not to say it doesn't help but it's like there's always a purpose behind 
the pe- the people who first do it, I guess, or single line drawings was a big thing I like bought into when I was applying, which I think is maybe faded now of like you never pick up the pen from the paper, right? Right. You go to a cafe and you draw a crowded cafe like that. Um, but I think looking at recent ones, it can give you an idea into the trends and be like, okay, maybe this is where it's going. Maybe this is something I can try versus stuff that's maybe too ingrained. Like, again, the figure drawings with solid blocks of color, which I'm not saying is inherently bad, but it's like there should be a purpose behind it. Um, that's that's probably one of the most helpful things along with for rejected ones. Like, why were they rejected? There have been beautiful applications I've seen online that didn't get in. And sometimes it's because the sketchbook was like illustrative um it was like this full complete artwork and it's like it's gorgeous and it's stunning that's i don't think what they're looking for like for sketchbooks they tend to look more for almost a journal or like something that shows your thought process and how you events through the day almost um so something that's illustrative and this massive immense like work of art that won't fly with them um so understanding why that is the case helps and then also i i didn't do these ones uh because they cost money but i think cal arts has like a summer session um for non-students with some of the faculty from character animation especially geared toward like design and life drawing um i know some people that went through that um that got in from that and like the feedback they got from there. Um, and then I think there's a portfolio like online course with a teacher named John Mahoney, which I think is more specifically geared toward the CalArts portfolio. It's been a while since I've looked at either of these, but um, from what I hear, they've helped people in the past. Um, okay. I, so basically I, just do a lot of research and get as much. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, doing research and sort of understanding. It's it's not to say, like, I don't think... Again, I played the field, and I think to a degree what I did was, like, pandering to try and get in. Um, and it worked. The reason I don't recommend that is because I think they tend to focus more on, oh, this person has a clear voice. Like, this is what this person does. And that's... It's... One, that's really hard to put in a portfolio. And two, like doing the research won't necessarily get you to being able to like, oh, this is my voice as like yeah. a filmmaker or as a storyteller. Um, but it, it can it can at least give you an idea of what other people are looking at trying to apply into their own work. And well, you, you said work. in your your own, uh, I guess, to, now that you've been to the degree, a large part of that was finding your your voice and story and stuff like that, too. So yeah. maybe, there, maybe it's more about the potential than somebody. Yeah, you're, you're right. Sorry. It's, it's about the potential of it. Like, that's yeah. that's very much it. Um, but, I mean, that's a hard thing to show. Yeah. <laughs> so harsh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you, so thanks for all that portfolio advice. I think that's awesome. And I, I think like, I know how helpful that is to hear because like when I was applying to Sheridan, I would just scour the internet for hours looking for oh, yeah. every possible portfolio I could find 
and like every piece of advice period uh so it's like super helpful for that so yeah. i hope that helps out some people so yeah. um you're almost done you're gonna you want to get into storyboarding but what's next for you like what's your big next step other than i guess finishing your film <laughs> uh finishing my film is number one on that list terry oh, okay all right never <laughs> mind goodbye after, after that after that though it's like finding work preferably staying in los angeles i'd really like like union work would be great but again gladly anything um and just sort of being able to breathe a little bit and i think stabilize everything going on at any point and be like okay this is this is my path maybe forward um but that's that's like anywhere from two to ten year plan of like this is what i need to do in that time frame right, right. um otherwise for now it's just enjoying film and enjoying or enjoying finishing film and really enjoying my final year because nice. it is you know it's stressful but i want to enjoy it too <laughs> or yes. carve out the time there is like a balance I, for i i realize in my own work of like you, you can like take the profession perfectionist route to the nth degree and stress yourself out and not have fun <laughs> yeah so finding yeah. like a good balance between like being proud of your work and, and having fun is like i think that's I think that's hard, but it's achievable and it's like yeah. a good mental state to be in. So, yeah. And that was like first and second year, especially we're like, oh God, I am way too stressed for all this. Like school's open 24 seven. I need to always go work. Like there's always this nagging feeling at the back of my neck being like, hey, you know, you're sli you're lying in bed for an hour. You could be working like, yeah. but that like that was a really cool thing about Goblon was like they closed like their school closed at like 8 p.m except during crunch time and like we had weekends off like that was that's crazy, crazy. it's they do almost work, forced balance do, do students like go and work on their projects during those weekends like at home oh yeah yeah oh. I, I i mean i know i did too but it's still it, it really forced at least to some degree like no go have a life go like explore paris go on a tr take wow. a train somewhere. Um, Just take yeah, a train. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, nice. It was. I. I mean, I know a lot of students there who were like, "God, I wish the school was just open twenty four seven. And it's like, there I don't. <laughs> it's the grass. It's one of those. I think the grass is always greener on the other side. Yeah. Um, and it's obviously it goes down to preference. But I was real glad it closed on weekends and breaks. Oh, so good. Wow. So good. Hopefully yeah. you can find a job that is uh, nine to five and not twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Student life, like you know, it makes sense because we're paying to do this, and you know, we're we're working very hard to get to a point. I think where we can really launch our career and launch doing something that we love. Yeah. Um, but it does take that hard work, especially right now. But it uh it brings me a little bit of joy every time we have like a Friday night speaker who's like, uh an alum of the school and like comes in and is like working life is difficult but student life was worse yeah <laughs> like, this brings me joy like oh thank you thank you for validating this kind of pain <laughs> yeah oh my gosh yeah. <laughs> well that's good <laughs> well maybe let me just wrap it up by asking you what is your best advice for somebody who uh you know is looking to get into cal arts or pursue something that you've pursued um obviously like working hard like that's that's a big help because i think i think everyone here has some sort of 
uh, journey or some sort of story of how they got here. And I, I don't know if there's a single person who is like, I just threw it together in the last like a ah, week or two, like maybe, but still had to work hard at some point to like get that application done. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, granted, I think that kind of goes without saying, but still um, looking at accepted and rejected portfolios in recent years is a really helpful thing. Um, and then like talking to school admissions officers can be really helpful too. Cause they can, School admissions officers, like, it's their job to say, oh, hey, um, this is kind of the direction that character animation likes to see in their portfolios. Um, mm. With that said, if anybody that is listening is like, ooh, what about teachers? No, do not email the teachers. Do not email the faculty. Like, that's 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 being a little bit overzealous. Um, do Email the school admissions officers. They are more than qualified and it's like that's their job, right? Yeah. Um, CalArts also shows up at portfolio days, like across the country and like across the world. So if you can make it to that, you can usually get like some feedback from a faculty member in the character animation program. Nice. I remember I did that in high school, didn't know what I was doing at the time, um, but I, I hear that's helped some people. And then like the summer session and the portfolio prep class that I mentioned, but cost money can I think help people yeah um and having a backup I would strongly again recommend having a backup like right I I don't say that to discourage anyone but like like I said earlier acceptance percentages are incredibly low especially specifically for character animation and it's like CalArts Honestly, I've never been happier here, even with, like, all the work and, like, stress. I've never been happier than when I'm doing this. Um, but it's also not the only way into working in animation, right? Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, like you brought up, there's online schools. There's other paths that can teach you what it is you want to learn. There's other schools like Sheridan, right? There's yeah. other schools <laughs> um, that can help nice. you achieve that and so oh sorry yeah. I was just like, say, so you're, yeah so your advice is work really hard to get it done uh figure out your best understanding of the requirements and talk to admission officers who are like paid to help you understand that yeah do as much research as you possibly can and then have a backup plan <laughs> yeah yeah that'd be good i when I moved down to LA, I had none of that. But I was like, I'll figure it out when I get there. And thankfully I did, but that's what I would recommend. I think, I don't know if it's like this at CalArts, but a lot of, uh, like Sheridan has about a 10% acceptance rate. And a lot of um, people only get accepted on their like second or third try as well. Yeah. So um, that's, like that's even, yeah, yeah, even if you don't get in the first time, it, it may, you may be totally qualified like in, in who you are. It's just you're not... Uh, you don't have enough feedback or you're not like prepared yeah. for the requirements or something like that yet. So, And I, I think that's a good point uh, too in that like if if you have the time and you're able to and you like really want to, apply again. Yes. They, they recognize when people apply multiple times. Like that's something that they know about when looking at portfolios being like, oh, this is, we've seen this person two or three times before like applying and they hadn't gotten in or what have you like they're very serious about this they're very dedicated to 
wanting to do this program like that's that can be a boon as well um i know personally like i didn't feel i had the time so for me i wouldn't have been able to but i know plenty of people that have worked like that hard to make it happen and like that's amazing yeah totally it's yeah yeah, i I don't know cool beans do you have anything else to share that you'd like Um, to about or whatnot or whatnot i mean God, here's hoping my film comes out like May 2020 because All right. I got to make that work. Sad dog film. Let's go. Hoorah. Oh, God. Yep. It doesn't it. have a happy ending at all. Hey, it's I might make it Valey. I I've been thinking it over. OK, okay. not that I mean, it's, I, not that I watch happy. it. It's a complete thing. And uh, <laughs> if you don't change it, I'm totally happy. But uh just to let you know, I have to give my dog a hug afterwards. So That's okay. I've had that before, too. <laughs> Here I am spoiling like... your movie for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's all good. Hopefully, it's all still right. satisfying. God, please. All cool. right, Joy. Thank you. It was uh, really cool to chat all about CalArts and everything, because that's like the other side of like, sh- not the other side, but it's like a big unknown in my head now that I go to Sheridan, so... Yeah, yeah, it's really it's cool. always a mystery to people, and it's always fun being like, pull back the curtain a little bit, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. And um, so if you're listening and you want to follow Joey's work or watch when his student film comes out or whatnot, you, and or get in touch with him or whatever, uh, you can check out his Instagram, which is Joe Carts, and I'll include that link in the description. Also, he's got his uh, portfolio on Tumblr, so I'm going to put that up there as well because it's got some pretty cool stuff in there. And that's all for now. Thank you so much for listening. Okay, bye.